Hey, go for it. My name is Breeze. This is the MMA Breeze Show. So today, yeah, today we got the man, the myth, the legend, Bruce Buffer. You know, how's everything hanging? It's all good, man. It's a uh... Busy, busy. Had a nice uh, three-day weekend. Enjoyed Memorial Day. You know, relaxed. Went away for a little bit, and so much needed three days of bar and R. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, good, good for you. Glad to hear it. And I know you're a busy guy, man. Very busy. So I won't waste too much of your time. I'll jump right in. You know, That's okay, go for it. Awesome. I, I was. I had to ask. You know, obviously, there's the big story about you and your brother. I have two brothers. You have two brothers, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And so, you know, it seems like you guys, although you didn't grow up together, you know, you, you still have the same passions and you seem to have a very good relationship at this point. How close are you and, and Michael at this point in your life? Oh, very close. I mean, we love each other like brothers, full brothers. You know, we've been managing his career for almost 30 years and working together and going through all the experiences that we've had together. And, um, you know, it's a mutual appreciation and mutual support and uh, all good. I mean, just like we grew up together you know? Yeah, absolutely. You guys see each other a good bit throughout the year. I know you're both Not busy. Really. No, that's something that doesn't happen. I mean, we're lucky to see each other maybe uh, two or three times a year. Okay. We talk every week, multiple times a week, but you know, he's traveling, I'm traveling and that's the life of a road warrior. You know, it's sacrifices absolutely. when it comes to family and friends for sure. Absolutely. And you know, the, the story about you guys is obviously such a crazy one. Um, you know, I, your father went and had lunch with him and figured out you guys were half brothers. You know, was it what what brought your father to Michael and how did he get that in, in on his radar? You know, it, it was it the TV? Was it a friend? Was it you? It was a combination of uh, TV and my brother, Brian, and I, because um, when we were watching boxing, which we would watch all the time. Every week, there was the greatest boxers in the world boxing back in the late 80s, early 90s. It was the huge era of boxing the way the UFC is today. And um, Michael came on the scene with his debonair looks and James Bond, you know, appeal and the voice and the phrase and everything. And then they would flash on the screen, you know, Michael Buffer. And I'm like, wait a minute, who's this? Because I own telemarketing companies in my 20s and 30s. And I've seen every phone book in the United States before the Internet came around. And a natural thing that people would do is open up a phone book and look for their last name, you know, and see what's happening. So um, never saw my name in any phone book. And obviously I was my gut started going crazy. What's going on here? And, and I started searching out myself and found out that he grew up in New Jersey, you know, near where we grew up in Philadelphia. And um, there were just some similarities that were happening. And then when people would stop me and say, hey, is this your brother, the guy that goes, let's get ready to rumble? And I'm like, no, my brother's Brian. I don't know who you're talking about. And one night I told dad, Brian, and I were watching the fights with him. And Michael was at a small venue in the valley near us in Malibu where we lived. And we just got dad to call him and leave a message. Michael called back. They got together for lunch and everything started there. And that's how it all created. Way cool, man. Way cool. Yeah. Such a crazy story. And and thank you for sharing a little bit more with us. You know, no speak, yeah, speaking of, you know, the, the, the martial arts family that you have, the background, you know, you guys were all boxing fans, your brothers, both your brothers, your dad, you, you know, at this point in your life, I know you've done a lot of different mixed martial arts. I know you've, mm -hmm. you've accomplished a lot of different things. What is your favorite, favorite or over your life, what has been your favorite to practice as far as actually doing it goes? And what's your favorite to just watch, you know, is it as far as disciplines go? Are you are you really appreciative of, of the grappling as well as the, the, the stand up? Or are you just, you know, you think that there's that there's nothing more beautiful than some some quality stand up? Well, it's kind of all of the above. You know, I'm all into all the town, all the arts, everything that works. Um, I appreciate all of them. I 
appreciate jujitsu highly. My favorite, you know, growing up and, and training the way I did was kickboxing, you know, because I, I got a, I got a second degree black belt, I have a second degree black belt in Tong Sudo. I've got a black belt in a style called jujitsu do, which is not a jujitsu black belt, even though it's a, a French um, special forces savat style, a hybrid jujitsu style. Mm. And the sensei that I was working with uh, would bring me in to work with his black belts and teach him striking. So after about six or eight months of sparring and working with these, you know, jujitsu black belts, um, he awarded me a black belt in the art of uh, jujitsu do. But I don't consider myself a black belt in jujitsu. It was an honorary black belt. I was very happy to receive it. Um, but I'm more of a striker than anything else. You know, every street fight I've ever had has gone to the ground. You have to have some ground ability, no question. Yeah. But I know how to bite and I know how to do what it takes to make things work. And um, basically, that's it. But I've always been a lover of striking, you know, most definitely. Sounds it's like. exciting to watch and everything else. But there's nothing more fascinating than, you know, going in for a submission in jujitsu or wrestling or whatever and accomplishing it and taking out a very qualified opponent. I mean, you got to appreciate all forms of fighting, which I do. Absolutely. And, and hence why you're such a prominent figure in mixed martial arts, you know, so uh, I guess <laughs> I say so my mom thinks so I guess it's true. I don't know. <laughs> I'd say so I'd say so, you know, uh, as, as far as uh, your history with the UFC goes, though, I, you know, I, I ran into a couple of different funny stories of, of you appearing on the, the set of friends. And then mm -hmm. it was kind of from there is when you got to shoot your shot with, you know, former owner Rob Meyer and say, hey, you know, let me be the full time guy here. Is, is that the truth? Yeah, it's totally because I I was working for that position for a year and a half after I had my brother announce three fights or three events and then I uh, had to pull him because of our relationship with WCW wrestling would have been hard for Michael to keep going with the UFC the way they were growing. But I got into Baiman, Puerto Rico. Uh, what was it in uh, February 16th, 1996, which was my first UFC. And I did the prelims, but I managed to fight her into that event, which is how I got the job. I, I convinced the owner, Robert Meyer, was to let me do the prelims during that weekend. And then um, they called me back to do UFC 10, uh, which I did the full show. And then they hired somebody else and I'm still working to get the job and tell him they need me because I have the media contacts. I can help build this brand more than just being an announcer. It'll be, I'd be so much more than an announcer, which I've been, you know, not asking for any money for all the stuff I've done, nothing, just doing everything I can to promote and build the UFC because I actually had better media contacts than they had back then. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, uh, when I was on the set of Friends and they asked me to co-star, you know, on the biggest comedy on TV as myself, it gave me a lot of power and fodder to go to the owner and say, look, I'm co-starring as myself. I feel like a girl waiting to be asked for the prom and I'm not getting asked. So I'm going to ask you one time. They'll never ask again. Let's make a deal. Right. It's the best poker hand I ever played in my life. And from that point forward, I announced all the events. And you are a big poker player. So that's uh, that's not a, a weightless sentence right there. No, so. not a wasted sentence by any standard. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, well, that's that's fascinating. And, and being on TV, that wasn't your only go at it. I mean, you had a lot of features in Entourage, Hot Tub, Time Machine and Taj.0. I mean, is there a passion there for acting? Are we going to see a little bit more of you in Hollywood? Uh, maybe so. There's there's something going on right now, but I can't talk about it. But I wanted to be an actor as a kid. And I studied acting um, in the Dallas Theater of Arts. I studied in, in L.A. And then when I owned telemarketing companies, I had a lot of actors, you know, working to become actors, working actors, working for me and going through the rejection and the trial and the error and the pounding the pavement. And I was making really good money right out of the gate at 18. So I just, you know, focused on business mm -hmm. and went there. So now with where I'm at in my life now and being able to do the things like you mentioned, I'm fulfilling bucket list dreams so mm -hmm. it's all good so i'm in a filling bucket list like i just came out with my bourbon puncher's chance 
highest rated uh, newest selling bourbon in America and selling like hotcakes. I'm very proud of that. Worked That's very cool. long on that. And I've got a whole line of energy products coming out and my cologne and toiletries coming out in the next four months. You'll see all that stuff in, all over the world. So I, I'm concentrating on other things right now. But honestly, if I got a chance to act or be in a film, no problem. I just turned down one because now it's, uh, if I'm going to do it, I want to do a good one. You yeah. Know, not just anything. A lot of people just want to get behind the camera and say, I'm making a movie. I'm yeah. past that point in my life. It's got to be the right thing to do. So you would never play an extra as like a zombie in The Walking Dead? No, nah, no interest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think you're a little bit above that. But uh, but yeah, you know, as, as far as... Uh, Nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. Just, <laughs> no, no. I, got, got I, got more, I got more things to do during the day than sit around and do eight hours going... Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of th doing things throughout the day, you know, like I said, from the beginning, you're a busy guy and I wasn't joking. You have a lot of stuff going on right now. You have your new business where people are paying you to, uh, to, to announce, you know, newborns, weddings. I guess it's not that new in the sense of you probably already had some things like this going on way back then, but you know, it's, yeah. now it's really thriving. You know, you got people asking you for funerals, you know, what, what do you take of, uh, of all these requests and uh, what's your most like favorite thing to be a part of you know we get requests for uh my partner kristen and i we get requests for requests for weddings and birth of babies and championship introductions which we have a special at uh at my website brucebuffer.com you can just fill out a form pay a, what is a small fee considered what people want to pay me but i'm trying to make it affordable to everybody either an audio or a video um i really get a big kick out of uh the birth of babies weddings is always fun the thank you notes we get for people's weddings bring tears to our eyes at times it's just such a beautiful thing and okay. um the weirdest ones you do a eulogy for somebody who hasn't even died yet you know so they have it in the can for when they do die you know it's a little weird a little weird or you know introducing uh jesus christ against the devil you know for a church in ohio or something like that you know i get a lot of different requests it's very funny uh, it sounds like it it sounds like and your brother's into it too right he's got his own own a, a product, I guess. Not as much as me, but he's on Cameo. Like I'm on Cameo. I do a ton of Cameos every day. And um, so you either go to Cameo or go to my site, BruceBuffer.com. But for Michael, yeah, go to Cameo. You know, get the great Michael Buffer do a, do a Cameo for you. Absolutely. Right on. Right on. That's really cool. I might have to take you up on that as I approach some milestones <laughs> in my life. But, uh, but you know, I mean, uh, as far as fighting goes, you know, bringing it back to the, to the sport, you know, you've been doing it for a long time. You've met a lot of different people. I'm sure you've even been asked this question before, but it, I imagine it changes over time. You know, at this point, you know, with all the fighters that you've worked with, who is, uh, you know, some of your favorite guys to announce and, and just be around come fight day? You know, there's so many because over the last 25 years, I've made so many great friendships and relationships, you know, George St. Pierre is always a pleasure. We're, you know, friends. And then when he's in the octagon, you know, to watch him do his thing. And I'm always an equal opportunity announcer, you know, Chuck Liddell, um, John Jones, you know, Israel, always fun to announce. And then you got people that really get into it with me, like Michael Chiesa and, you know, whether it's Cody Garbrandt or Dillashaw, you know, I go on and on and on. It, it's just, it's an honor to announce them all. You know, it's not anyone in particular. And these these men and women are putting their blood, sweat and tears and lives on the line. It's my job to enhance that moment for them as best I can, because like I always say the show's not about me. It's about them and it's about the fans watching and uh, just trying to give as much as I can back.
Absolutely. And thank you yeah. for your part in that. Um, uh, as far as uh, as uh, the, the next big fight come coming up goes, we have uh, a lot of great fights. And I'm sure you've been around these guys a lot, too. Uh, you know, like you said, Israel Adesanya is going to be fighting Marvin for the title, Marvin Vittori. And then you have another fight all tight with uh, Fig and Moreno. Uh, you know, how do you see those two those two playing out? You know, it's always with me. May the best man win. That's that's the way it's got to be. So, <clears throat> um Again, equal opportunity. Brandon Marino's got a big fight. Uh, you got the June 12th event with Israel and Nate Diaz, and that car's just stacked. You know, <laughs> so it's a matter of just enjoying the night. You know, I'm there, I'm a fan first and announcer second, but you know, once I step in the octagon, it's time to do my job. It's business. It's business. Yeah. So that's something else I wanted to ask. You know, how many UFC events uh, events do you think you miss a year, or do you catch every single one? Uh, you know, I used to catch every single one, then it got to be too many because I couldn't be everywhere. And it, it's, it's, it's a little trying on the, you know, on the body getting out there and, and I got other things to do too, but I always did every show. I always made it a point to be at every show, even if it meant sacrificing a lot to get there. Um, but maybe six or seven events a year. Okay. Uh, they have a backup announcer named Joe Martinez who does a very fine job and, uh, you know, perfect comes in, represents the brand well. And that's all I ask. Whoever's going to be there aside from me that they represent the brand well and do a good job. But I'm probably on an average, I do 33, 34 shows a year. Yeah, good deal. Not counting my other appearances. So it's, you know, it's a lot of road work. Absolutely. It sounds like it. Uh, and you've inspired like a, a whole new wave of, uh, of youngsters who are coming in. And, you know, obviously when, you know, 20 years ago, there was a lot of people that wanted to be a fighter, but there weren't a whole lot of people that wanted to be a commentator, you know, and now it seems to be a popular path, a competitive path. You know, people are getting out at these events and they're trying to emulate you, put on suits and, you know, stand out with mustaches and, and however they can to kind of, you know, yeah. fill, uh, fill that space. What do you take about that in this next wave and your role in, in inspiring that? You know, if I've inspired them, um, I know that everybody was inspired or emulated my great brother, Michael Buffer, the way he announced, you know, thinking that you had to have a catchphrase and, copying him and you know i see people just emulating a little bit too much and they do that with me now too it's like okay i appreciate all that it's all good and everybody has a right to go after what they want to go after and, and imitation is the height of uh, flattery but I, the instructions i give to announcers is sure learn from the other announcers as even i did but i told myself in the first two or three years if i don't develop my own style i'm going to quit i'm not in this for you know a seat and a paycheck i'm in this to be to make a mark you know, and Absolutely. to do what I wanted to do. And, and if anybody could have copied somebody, it would have been me, you know, copying my great brother, Michael Buffer. And mm -hmm. I did not want to be Frank Sinatra Jr. I had no interest in being that way. I had to do it the way I wanted to do it with passion and the way I move. And, and um, I never know what I'm going to do till I do it. So if other people are emulating, you know, that's very cool. But if they're listening or watching or the advice I give is create your own style. I didn't even want a catchphrase when I started. It wasn't how, uh, what I said, it's how I say it is the way I looked at it. And it's time just took off organically and naturally, which is the way you want things to take off to be successful. But you know, there's guys out there, you know, it's go time, it's fight time, it's this time, it's that time. Get another time, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I do. I hear you. It sounds, uh, it definitely was your thing, you know, and uh, if, it's okay. If they can, it's okay. They can, I'm sorry to interrupt you. They can no. do what they do. I mean, I've got a trademark the way I have a trademark, but I'm just saying, if you want to be recognized, be recognized for being original and your own style. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're going to, that's where you're going to stand out. Absolutely. Like I saw one guy recently, um, good voice, actually, you know, I think he has talent, but 
emulating my brother so much, emulating me so much. And when it came at the end, it's like, it's go time. And he lifted his foot up and it's like, go and then put it down. I thought he said it's gout time. I didn't know what he was saying. You know, it's just, it, it looked, it just didn't look good. <laughs> hey, and that's coming from the the man of the craft. So, well, I mean know. that with all respect. Trust yeah. me. Yeah, and everything you're saying, everything you're saying right now, I think comes from a good place. Like you're you're oh, trying yeah. to help yeah. people and give everybody some real insight of how you made your mark and how to stand out. So I always try to help people. Absolutely. I always do. And thank you for that too, because you know it's 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 good advice. It's quality advice. You know, everybody wants to do something big, and they, there's people they look up to, but. It, they do need to know, you know, that it's about standing out. Nobody wants the next, uh, like you said, the the, the next um, Frank Sinatra Jr. You know, we want something. Exactly. Like, and even exactly. when, you know, watching Simon Cowell when uh, American Idol was hot, he always said the same thing. He's like, I don't want to see you coming and kill Whitney Houston song. I want to see you do it different. So it's like, it's the same concept. And uh, I think everything you're saying is on the money. It comes from a good place. So um, thank you for that. But uh, lastly, I, I just wanted to ask you, I'll let you go because you're a busy guy, but thank you for the time. Okay. But um, but uh, as far as uh, as your next project goes, you said we might see you on screen. I know you can't talk about the details. Can uh, can you give us a date on when to expect something, further news, a drop or anything like that? Well, I always get approached for like a little something here in TV or, you know, film from time to time. This is just another project I really can't talk about because I'm not wanting to talk about things until they're completed. Um but it's a special passionate project that's working and it's definitely a year more away. Okay. We'll just have, we'll just have to leave it at that. Yeah. But you said there's some passion behind it. There's passion behind everything I do, my friend, everything well, I do. If I can't passionately approach something, then I shouldn't be doing it. I'm at a point now in my life and I have been for many, many years that I live life by design. I wake up and I don't go to work, but I live a lifestyle, which is work, a lot of work, but it's what I want to do. It's passionate and surrounding my brand, my IP and everything else. Like I just came out with a, um, as a co-founder in a, in a company that's doing gangbusters out of the gate called millions.co co I saw where, yeah, we teach, um, if you're a professional fighter, you can go to millions.co. We'll help you brand yourself, help you market yourself to your down, you know, your followers on social media, monetize where you should be monetizing yourself. We'll even create, we create uh, merchandise, hats, hoodies, t-shirts, no cost to the professional fighter. We put it up for sale. We give them, we're an average, deal like that might make you 10% of whatever sells, you know, we give a lion's share of 70, 80% of profits back to the fighters. So wow. I've always wanted the fighters, whether you're Muay Thai, MMA, kick, kickboxing, boxer, you don't have to be a star to be able to have merchandise. If you have followers, whether it's 2000, 20,000 or 200,000, um, by most standards, that's not enough to start marketing yourself to, but you should be. You know, and I want to give the benefit of many years of experience my co-founders and I have and what it takes to brand and market yourself and to make some money, not just on fight night, but make money while you're building your career. And so check it out. It's millions.com, millions.co. Millions.co. I'm going to drop that link in the bio underneath this and everybody check it out. I know I got a lot of fighters that, that follow me and that are friends with me. So thank you there for you sharing go. that as well. Yeah. It'd be so home to any professional fighter. Trust me. Awesome. I'm going to bring it to, I'm down here in North Carolina by, uh, I, I practice at Jim O. Chris Wyman's been in there. Uh, he did his oh, last cool. fight camp there. And so we got some, some Bellator bare knuckle fighting people. So I'll definitely, we'll, we'll bring it to the table. I'll point yeah. it out. Like I said, we'll have it in the bio. There's a lot of prospects there. So it's, I think it would be a very mutual beneficial, uh, beneficial thing. So I appreciate it. I think they'll really enjoy it. Definitely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Bruce. Hopefully we can do it again soon. And I'm looking well, forward you. to the, the Prash Passion Projects around the corner. 
I appreciate it. No, thank you very much. And you're quite a gentleman. I appreciate it. I appreciate the interview very much.